Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to be talking about compression fractures. They actually can be a lot more concerning than you think. And as my guest today, I have Dr. Lewis Pau. He is a local boy from Kalapana, Hawaii. And, you know, he was inspired to go to medical school after seeing his father have some serious pain issues. And he went and trained to be an anesthesiologist and came back here to the islands to create Oahu Pain Care, a clinic that helps to treat people with all different types of pain. And today we're going to be talking about the type of problems that occur with compression fractures. So thank you for joining me today, Dr. Powell. Oh, thank you for having me on. Now, the reason you went to medical school is really inspiring in a difficult way. Tell me what made you decide medicine is the way to go. Well, I previously worked for the National Park as a forestry tech. Then I became a police officer, and then I became a firefighter paramedic. And during that time, my father developed pancreatic cancer, and the medications that they provided him, although he provided some relief, he was in agony for the majority of his time. It wasn't until later that I found out that someone could do a celiac plexus block which would fry the nerves that goes to cause pain in the abdominal area and would have you know, provided him with a better quality of life without all the agony that he suffered at the end. So I left the fire department and continued my studies, became a nurse, and eventually became a law physician at Thornburg's Medical School graduate. So from sort of a tragic beginning, you've kind of been at every spectrum of first responder and out there in the community doing things to help people who are experiencing pain. Now, today we're going to be talking a little bit about something that is often diagnosed but maybe not appreciated for the severity of what's going on. Osteoporosis is a condition where the bones get a little bit thinner as we get older, there can be some hormonal influences, age-related influences, a variety of reasons why this may occur. And in that case, you can sometimes be at a greater risk of fractures. So osteoporosis can cause fractures in a couple of different areas. What sort of areas are we talking about with compression fractures? So compression fracture is usually of the spine, and it's usually somewhere between the um, 10th thoracic spine to the second lumbar spine. So D10 through L2 is the most common, where it consists of probably 85% of the fractures, but people can also have fractures at other levels also. And how do they acquire such fractures? Is this generally based on trauma, or could this be something that happens when someone with osteoporosis gets up wrong, or what might cause a fracture? In my experience, it has been a multitude of things. Some people were lifting. Some people were coughing. Most people is usually due to falling on their buttocks. And some, they just have other conditions that can also cause the fractures, including multiple myeloma, Paget's disease, and 
although they're not as common as osteoporosis, they usually cause multiple fractures at one time. How would you know if you had a compression fracture? So usually the patients explain to me that they have a sudden onset of severe pain. And what they usually tell me is they are unable to sleep flat on the bed. So most back pain will improve if you lay down, but this is the one condition where people do not have relief by laying down. And it seems to be worse when they transition in and out of the laying position to a sitting position or a sitting position to lying back on their bed that just have this severe pain. Now, I sort of remember learning about compression fracture diagnosis and treatment when I was way back in medical school, but a lot of things have changed. And so there is a reason why maybe just if somebody's diagnosed with a compression fracture, letting it heal on its own may not be the best plan. What would be, if you, if you have somebody who comes in and gets diagnosed with a compression fracture, why should they do more than just let it heal naturally? Sure. So they did a study um, based upon all Medicare participants, and they looked at them as to see those who had osteoporotic compression fractures, conservative care management, which is bracing, physical therapy, and medication versus vertebral augmentation, which is placing cement into the fractured vertebrae. And what they found out is compared to the um, patients who were treated conservatively, those who had the kyphoplasty had 115% um, adjusted life expectancy, and those who undergo the vertebroplasty had a 44% life expectancy longevity as compared to those who were just treated with conservative management. So what you're saying is yeah. if you don't treat it other than conservative, you might not live as long. That is true, and a lot of the patients who I see will usually bring up certain symptoms of when they were not treated for this and they have chronic fracture. Once it is considered chronic or a healed a vertebral body fracture, we don't fix it at all. We just treat them with medicine. But what they tend to say is they notice that their, their stomach or the abdomen starts to pooch forward and they have increased shortness of breath. So usually what happens is you have kyphosis, which is a forward bending at the fracture site. So the ribs in the front of the abdomen starts pushing into the abdominal cavity. And when that does, it you know pushes their abdomen out. It also presses against their stomach. So they tend to get full earlier. And they also causes other issues such as constipation and shortness of breath. The other common things that they tend to have is they are their head is pitched forward a few inches. And when they're pitched forward a few inches, they have balance issues. So they tend to take short steps to, to try and compensate because the longer their foot is in the air, the, the more forward balance they have 
and they start losing it and start falling. So that's what they kind of do with that sort of posture that they have. And a lot of people, you know, tend to end up in a nursing home because they tend not to be able to care for themselves. And when they do that, you know, it starts the, the loneliness, the financial drain on their assets. And, you know, they continue to suffer with pain. A lot of the patients, you know, when they have this, they tend to say, you know, the pain is, is really bad. And they just, you know, they wouldn't be alive anymore because of the pain, the constant pain that they have. And it's usually a pain that is horrible. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more with Dr. Powell about how to avoid that trajectory of having the negative consequences of a compression fracture change body structure and maybe even lead to requiring additional care at home or placement in a nursing home. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and today I have Dr. Lewis Powell on the line. He is the founder of Oahu Pain Care, and he is a board-certified anesthesiologist who has made it his life mission to work on alleviating pain after being inspired by the unfortunate and tragic loss of his father to pancreatic cancer. He developed the expertise to be able to help others so that they don't have to suffer prolonged episodes of pain. Now, right before the break, we were talking about the potential consequence of untreated compression fractures. And Dr. Powell, you mentioned that in certain cases, people can get that sort of slumping forward. And I think we, we've seen that sort of hunch forward of people as they get older and kind of bringing their shoulders in and making their chest smaller and maybe making their ability to breathe more difficult. And you mentioned digestion. And then in some cases, it causes such physical difficulties that they can't take care of themselves and they have to rely on, you know, care homes and other facilities. So that's one direction that compression fractures could lead. What are some of the interventions that are now available? You mentioned vertebral augmentation and that this this can actually help people to potentially live longer and certainly have less pain. What exactly is that and when did we start doing it? So um, vertebral augmentation has started in the 1980s, and the first procedure was called vertebroplasty, so plastimin to repair vertebral for the vertebral bodies. And but 10 years after that, they started doing kyphoplasty, where they would insert a needle into a bone, and prior to injecting the bone cement, they would uh, insert a balloon after removing the center part of the needle and inflate the balloon with a uh, contrast dye so that you can see the diameter of the balloon to try and restore as much height of the fracture that you have. And then after inflating the height, you deflate the balloon, and then you put the same bone cement 
in there to to solidify the fracture and try to reduce the forward bending that people have with the compression fracture. So the majority of the fractures is usually a wedge fracture in which the front is the load-bearing portion of the spine, and that gets compressed and they start tilting the people forward. And that forward compression, that abnormal forward tilt, is called kyphosis in uh, medical terms. So if you're able to support that structure again to where it was prior to the fracture, then that can help with not just restoring the function, but it also could lead to less pain. How does that work? So the, they found out that when people have the wedge or kyphosis or bending forward posture of the spine, it leads to increased stress points to the other bones in that area. And that usually will precipitate further fractures because there is an abnormal load on the spine towards the front part of the spine. So the majority of the weight bearing of the lumbar vertebrae is carried along the, the anterior or the front half of the, the vertebral body. And the posterior elements or the elements on the back are just attachment points for muscles and ligaments to aid with movement. So by trying to get this person more in an upright position, so they have this called a sagittal alignment, which means the center of your ear canal is directly over the center of your C7 and T1 vertebral body, which is over the directly over your center of your pelvis and directly over your ankles. If we are in this position, this is the proper position where all the... Um, weight and stress is evenly spread out throughout the spine. And as we get older, you see a lot of people start stooping forward, and that puts additional pressure on the vertebrae. And this, I believe, is part of the reason why people start having compression fractures besides their osteoporosis usually leading to it. So with this sort of structural damage going on in the body, the repairing that by getting the height back of that vertebral body in order to alleviate that extra pressure that's being transferred to the other corresponding nearby locations, that actually can help to prevent what you described as that kyphosis, that leaning forward. Is there, when somebody has this as a procedure, is there a limit to the number of levels that you can treat? I can imagine that some people may have one compression fracture, but depending on what happens with how it happened, whether it be traumatic or a fall at home and their degree of osteoporosis, would they ever have more than one level affected at once? Yes, I've done a patient who was, we later diagnosed with multiple myeloma. Um, and so Unfortunately, within a two-month period, she suffered a total of 11 fractures, which we fixed all of them. We did five in one setting, and she did well, and then she slept on an airbed, and then she got four additional fractures when it deflated on her slowly throughout the night. And then she fractured the last two and just walking around and kind of bumping herself, and she sustained another fracture for that. So... The interesting part is they have this thing called a Nottingham study, which was done in um, Oxford University between 2016 and 2017. 
in which they had 90 patients who presented to that um, hospital in England. And what they found out is they didn't direct treatment for these people. They just followed them after a post-hospital discharge. And of this 90 people, 19%, so less than 20% reported no pain. 12% at six months after needed to go to the nursing home. 37% reported that they had severe pain and their physical function was worse than prior to the fracture. 81% had problems with mobility. 48% had problems with self-care. And 65% of them had problems performing their usual activities. And of these people, 63% of them still had moderate to severe pain. So the initial education for this, we used to tell people, if you just wait for about 6 to 12 weeks, that it will get better. But this study clearly shows that doing nothing is actually worse for the people and that, you know, 63% of them, 6 to 12 months later, will still have moderate to severe pain. Well, that's a reason to go ahead and take it seriously and start looking at some of the procedural interventions that could help, not just the acute pain, but the longitudinal effect of this compression fracture on the body. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Lewis Powell about the types of procedures, the success of these procedures, and some personal stories of people who have had it done. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak talking with Dr. Lewis Powell of Oahu Pain Care about the reason to consider interventions with compression fractures and how that may reduce the long-term experience of pain for a lot of people. Now, right before the break, you were talking about the Nottingham study out of Oxford, and they were following patients who had usual care for compression fractures. And you mentioned that, you know, a significant amount of people had difficulties with daily activities, and there were those that had problems with self-care, and 81% described having difficulties with mobility. So the alternative is to do what you mentioned, the kyphoplasty, and to allow that area to restore the function and the, and the, the deficit that's going on with either the wedge-based compression or however that compression is manifested for that individual. So you're putting in bone cement to an area. And I imagine when you put it in there that there's a healing time frame that it takes. When you've been doing this procedure for the patients in your office, is this something that, do they notice immediate relief, or what is the experience that a lot of the people you treat have? So usually after the procedure, there is immediate relief. <clears throat> I tell them that the next day they may have a little aching through their part of the back from the post-procedure um, tightness in the muscles, but they should start feeling a whole lot better. So the least amount of benefit I've had after doing a kyphoplasty is 60%. <clears throat> if I do the kyphoplasty within a week 
of their fracture, we tend to get 100% because we don't have as much height loss and we're able to expand the bone back to as close to as possible to the normal height. The longer that they wait, there's some healing going on and what happens is you have a hard time expanding the end plates, which is the top and the bottom of the bone, to try and put it back to its normal position. So the this procedure tends to be one of the best procedures that we can do to fortify the fracture and weaken spine and minimize their pain. Now, you mentioned that if you can do this within a week or two of having the fracture, this can have a much more significant effect, particularly with pain relief. Is there a time frame by which it's going to be too late? I mean, everyone heals differently. If somebody had a compression fracture two years ago, that may not be the type that would require an intervention. If they've had a fracture and they don't have any pain at all, and they're doing okay with all of their activities, I imagine that would not necessarily be someone, if they don't have any pain or discomfort, that might want to consider this. But what would be the ideal situation where someone would need your services? So if they have persistent pain and frequently having pain, and seven out of ten. So pain, if it was level seven out of ten or higher, that would be an indication. Would there be... Another type of situation, if they have a certain level of mobility issues? And it's also So the effect on function. So we mentioned pain issues. We mentioned function issues. And if they were to have those sorts of troubles, then getting in to be evaluated for this. Now, we've talked earlier, you mentioned that one of the problems is that potentially someone may not be able to lay flat without having pain when they're trying to lie down in bed. X-rays can often detect compression fractures. Are there other studies like MRIs or other tests that might be helpful to further characterize the bone loss and see the area with a visual that would be helpful? Sure. So we tend to order an MRI for um, a um, well light up the fractures in the spine, predominantly just practice, it doesn't light up the compression fractures. So when you're looking at some of these tests, you're looking at an MRI, which is something that will help to determine if there's any sort of a problem, and that will tell you if there's still evidence of acute findings of the back problem, you'll see that as lighting up with the MRI, and then you'll be able to identify if for some reason there is evidence that that person could still benefit from doing the procedure? Yes, correct. I had a lady and she fell on her back and hit in the stairs in the, in the small of her back. So I thought that this was, you know, just it was not, you know, it's like she had a fracture, but I thought it was kind of cute. And she presented to me a year later and still insignificant. As when I saw her from previously, she went from mild to moderate to severe um, uh, height loss of the fractured vertebrae. So I ended up, you know, offering this procedure to her, and she agreed to do it. And she did have, you know, significant relief for it. But I kind of looked back and, you know, wished that I had done this procedure earlier for her before she went from a mild height loss to moderate to severe height loss. In which 
um, fracturing in her back. So in this case, even though it was a year later, she was still a candidate for the procedure, but she had already had some height loss and some other things that had transpired. Yes, the MRI still showed that she was having progressive fractures. So it's it's not a it's different from fractures of your extremities where once it heals it's done. I probably would say twenty to forty percent of the people who have fractures and by the time I see them from their initial presentation, which might be a week or a month after their initial x rays, they will go from mild fracture, which is a fracture less than 20% height loss, to moderate or severe fracture, which is height loss of 45% or more. Well, that seems to be another reason why addressing the issue, not just because people like to stay the same height, but also there's some other internal effect on the body when you start to lose inches. We start to see some other effects on other organ systems, whether it be the respiratory system and breathing, or like you had mentioned earlier, the digestive system. And that can have effects with people in mobility and walking and even taking care of themselves. So you mentioned that you had to go ahead and do the procedure for that woman, even though it was over a year, because she still had significant pain. Are there other stories of success that you can recall where you remember somebody who did extremely well after their procedure and you've seen them subsequently and they've stabilized their condition? Yes. So interestingly, one was the um, manager of my Hilo office. Her father was working on the roof of the one-story house and he fell off the roof. So because he knew of what I did through his daughter, I saw him that day. And then we found that he had a compression fracture in the um, x-ray and MRI. So the following week, you know, we fixed him, and he reports 100% relief of his back pain and his back climbing roofs again. So try to tell him to be cautious when on the roof and when it rains in Hilo. But, you know, people will do what they want to do and just, you know, try to advise them to be a bit more careful next time. Okay, stay off the roof, bud. <laughs> I mean, like, be more cautious on the roof. Just don't go on it. That would be good. All right. Now, in general, when people are experiencing these symptoms, you mentioned that the kyphoplasty can be really helpful. They might see improvement after a day or so. And this lasts lifelong. This is something that once you do it, this will hopefully help to stabilize your condition. And if you stay off the roof or you don't fracture again, you have a greater likelihood of restoring function. Correct. This is the one procedure. It's one and done. And once we get all the cement in there and we do a good job of, you know, protecting the bone against future height loss, we don't have to do further treatment on it. All right. If people want to find you, Dr. Pao, where would they find you? Yeah, they can call um, my office. It's Oahu Pain Care, and the Oahu number is 933-7222, and my Actually, that was my Hilo office, and my Honolulu office is 531-722. All right. Well, I definitely want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. 
Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We will see you next week when we talk more about ways to stay healthy every Monday right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then. Thank you.